jinkies. Oh, what's that gross book made out of skin? It's not a book. It's a tome made out of skin. Ew. What's it say? Behold the collected apocrypha of Stacy Ponder, the writer for Final Girl. And Anthony Hudson, the programmer for Queer Horror. And together they are... Oh my god! Don't read it out loud! Don't read it out loud! of Darkness! The last threening... Is afoot... A couple of withered crones... Oh, pass me the... Eyeballs, so that I may see. <laughs> oh, Beastmaster, I need the eye. Yeah. <laughs> right, that was Beastmaster with those. Do you know I've never seen it? Never seen Beastmaster. It's probably terrible. I haven't seen it in ages. No, because there's ferrets in it. Right. But don't the ferrets die? I don't know. Oh, I heard something sad happen to an animal, so that's why I've never seen it. And there's crones with eyes. Yeah, they have an eye. The Stygian witches, I think. Oh, I love a Stygian witch. Yeah, they have an eye that they have to, like, whoever has, it's kind of like Piggy has the conch. (laughs) Like, you know. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, did you just compare the three fates to Piggy has a conch? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's what they call it, too. Sister Pasta <laughs> Piggy wants a rock. <laughs> well, anyway, the point is it's the last day of the re-re-threening. Can you tell? We're in great shape. Uh, but this is it. This is the final episode of it. Is this wild? It's been a week. It's been a whole ass week. We have learned things about ourselves. We've learned things about each other. Most of all, we've learned we have the greatest listeners together. Listen, I, oh God, my God. I'm like, how do I, I don't, one, I've fully lost any need for time. So I don't know. Well, I don't know that I lost the need. I just lost the ability and the faculties to, to understand time. But I think yesterday we raised our goal to 9,500. And then we were like, oh no, will we make it? And will this be our final goal? Or will we have made, exceeded that goal? And it turns out, Stacy, that overnight, we exceeded that goal by almost a thousand dollars. People went nuts overnight. Y'all, like, you got into the, you fed the gremlins after midnight. And the gremlins all went on GoFundMe. They had like an ethical change of heart. And they said, instead of chaos, let's care. And y'all have raised $10,480. Unbelievable. That's amazing. This, for the record, our highest three-inning ever was the re-three-inning. That was our last one. We raised $10,000 even. Which is also amazing. It was incredible. As of our recording this, there is still, like, the better part of two days. As of you listening this, there is only one day left. This fundraiser ends tonight, Sunday night, at midnight Pacific time. And you have already blown past our previous record. Last time, we had 282 donors that got us to hit 10,000. 
this time around we haven't even finished the donor like the donations we are at 263 donations wow like you people are doing the work <laughs> right for what why are we doing this again we are doing the re threening we have done the re threening all week to raise funds for the transgender law center they are the largest national trans-led organization who changes law policy and attitude so all people can live safely authentically and free from discrimination regardless of their gender identity or expression. You can find out more about them at the transgen or at transgenderlawcenter.org. And once again, $10,480 are going to Transgender Law Center currently. We can raise even more. I'm I I I feel my clicking finger happening, Stacy. Uh-oh. I I feel it. It's it's like Doctor Strange love, that gloved hand is is slowly creeping and doing doing things. Uh, I'm going into edit goal and I'm going to set this goal at, so this is kind of a weird number, but listen, we're gay lords. So we do things a little weird anyway. I'm going to set this goal at $11,333. Love it. It feels crazy to me. (laughs) You guys are so, uh, generous that we have raised a shit ton of money in a small amount of time. Right. And so it just, the number seems so large but uh i mean like you said as we're recording this there's still almost two full days i think we can hit 11333 i think we can do it and here's the thing 11333 is a funny number because you know this is the three inning so it's kind of like it's kind of like we're riddler with question marks everywhere but they're threes um but we don't have to end there that's our that's our final listed goal But we don't have to end there. I'm curious if we could get to 12. I'm curious if we could get somewhere else. I'm not even going to say it. It, Honestly, once we hit 5,000, I was like, we're great. (laughs) This is amazing. Who knew the heights to which we would ascend? So uh, once again, we are now asking for $11,333. Holy shit. (laughs) This is bonkers. This is the final goal. Um, you're not going to hear us change the goal at any point going forward. Um, everything after this is just surplus and wonderful. Uh, you can donate at gofundme.com slash F slash Gaylords, or you can go to our website, click the banner link. You can go to our social media bios, click the link there. That will take you to the GoFundMe page. And once again, this is staying up for donations. We're going to keep accepting these donations until midnight pacific time um tonight sunday the 7th you said tonight and it blew my mind because i at this point my body and soul i think i know this is the final episode right. and like this is the end and so it's like when you've been out all night you know <laughs> having a good time everything's great and then you get to like your house and you start to take your keys out and your bladder is like, you better go to the bathroom. Oh, why? You have to pee so bad. And like, it's like a homing beacon. Like it knows. Yes. It knows how, how it close. Know? Yeah. I could be out for three days and not use a bathroom. And then the moment it's like a key in the lock, it's like a signal to the bladder that's like, girl, you gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> gotta go, gotta go, gotta go right back. <laughs> Right? It's, is that That's a universal thing, right? It's universal. Just the other day, I was like, how is it that 
Well, I can't go any farther. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you, like you, when you're like a matter of feet away, and you're like, "Well, I'm just fully peeing myself now." You know, <laughs> when you reach that moment, I went further. You sure? You know what? It's the re-race reading. You gotta pull out all the stops to get those donations, right? <laughs> oh man! But yeah, I, but I just feel it. I feel. I, full blobfish as i anticipated <laughs> at the beginning of this just like very passive kind of you know what i am still on the ghost galleon taking oh. a nap next to my handheld transistor radio fully time has no meaning it's the past the present and the future all at once i don't care i'm yep. in the warm fog yep but we still have to talk about a movie. We still have the final movie of the re re three inning. Arguably the last good movie we'll ever watch for one of these. Alien Cubed. I the three <laughs> bothers me on the title. It's really an issue, is it not? I mean, I guess they think they're doing something cool with it. Do they think it's science? Maybe. Cause like the first one is Alien. We all know this. The second one, James Cameron pitched it famously by writing Alien and then drawing an S with a dollar sign through it. And then the studio went, wow! And then th- that makes sense because there are plural Alien. But then this one, it's not It's not a cubed Alien. It's not an Alien to a certain power. I mean, it's like kind of a weird dog sort of guy. Right. Just call it Alien 3. Like, just put the 3 where a 3 goes. Don't try to be fancy. If it came out today, it would be the I and alien would be a Roman numeral three and it'd be alien. No. (laughs) (laughs) So I, I don't know. I feel like I was kind of always on the right side of history with this one. Let me pop my collar. Oh, Um, the whole rest of the world was like, that stinks. I was like, well, I don't I liked it. Like, yeah, it's a bummer. And yeah, there's stuff in it I don't like. But overall, I really liked it. So, uh, I don't know. Send me nice comments telling me. I was like, <laughs> I is this the it. Stacey's Cool Corner? <laughs> this is the Stacey's Cool Corner. No, because you were famously one of these people. Yes, this is very true. And it's absolutely part of this discussion. Um, now, Watching it now, I haven't watched it in who knows how long. I think it's very much too long. It's too long. It's way too long. It's very brown. It's either gray or brown. I mean, I still like it, but I'm not uh, I'm not touching myself over it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, you're not. When I think about you, <laughs> I have fonder, I guess I, what I might touch myself over, though, is if anybody has played the um, any retro gamer bros out there have played the Super Nintendo Alien 3. Fuck, yeah. Also, how dare you call it retro? <laughs> well. It is. It is. Um, that's one of my favorite games. I love, I've played that so, 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 so much. It's so good. I've got it. I still have mine. I haven't played it in forever. But I... I think I like that game more than I like this movie. Really? Yeah. Wow. So I hated this movie for a long ass time because, you know, I have a, I don't know if you know this about me. I have a very long life with the alien films. Um, Very crucial to me, as I'm sure they're crucial to a lot of gay people out there, right? Ellen Ripley. 
She's the most lit figure of all time. <laughs> so deeply love Alien. Uh, you know, as a kid, Aliens. Who 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 alive was that not their favorite? Um, Alien Resurrection came out. And I was like, this is weird. I like Winona Ryder. <laughs> and that, but Alien Three, I just never could connect. I just thought it's too sad. There's too many dudes. I don't like Ripley dying. I'm mad. Uh, taught a class. I've, I've taught a couple classes about the Alien films as a whole because I love the Alien films. I also, side note, only consider one through Resurrection Alien films. <laughs> Everything else just throw out the window. Although I like Prometheus. I would throw. I I'm a trilogy gal. You would just do one through three. I would just do one through three. Like I think it's a fitting ending. We don't need clone, basketball clones. Yes. We don't. We don't need cyber Winona. I mean, I love Winona Ryder, but we don't need cyborg Winona Ryder. Like, let's just give her a, a pat ending. You know. Well, and no, and that's fully. That's something that I have to take into account when I talk about Alien Resurrection. When I teach it, uh, is the fact that this is an additional chapter it's sort of like a a tacked on epilogue right that nobody needs it's fanfic it's it's joss whedon fanfic honestly um but i love it for a couple weird reasons it's really fun with an audience it's uh it's gay it has lesbians blowing up the planet earth and starting it all anew and fresh in their image and i like that i can't believe that happened in a movie but um, but is it Alien? Is this Ellen Ripley? No, it's a different character, right? So really, Ripley's saga does conclude with three. But I, I had issues with three for so long. And then when I did my most recent class on it, I was like, well, everybody enjoy this one. It's a piece of shit. And then we sit down and watch it. It's transformative experience. And I don't, I don't know if it's because... similar to you i didn't love it as much this last time watching it yesterday and sure we've also this is coming off of the re-threening after a week of this so maybe that affected it but i think with an audience the movie is really powerful because it is and and what what hit me last time was the bleakness and the sort of you damned if you do you damned if you don't of this movie really echoed with me like you know two years into the pandemic (laughs) So, no, I love it. <laughs> I think there's a lot. I mean, I think there's some really smart stuff in this movie and thematically really brilliant things that continue on. Thematically, they, they, they tie back to the initial movie more so than Aliens, which was really just like a wild, fun, good time. But I think this is more of a thinking movie. Yeah, I mean, two is just gonzo action flick. It was very much a product of its time. And, I mean, say what you will about James Cameron. Dude knows how to make a movie. Dude knows how to make a movie. Dude knows how to make an action heroine. Dude also only knows how to make women have um, aspirations that only pertain to motherhood. <laughs> but literally, like, I think it should be said. Aliens. Ellen Ripley is suddenly burdened with a child. <laughs> with being a mother. Retroactively. She was not a mom in the first film. And then suddenly in the second one, she is given this backstory where she has a child. And then she is, that is echoed through the discovery of Newt. And now Ripley has a purpose. And this is why she survives, saves Newt, blah, blah, blah. And then this movie starts us off on a whole new um, trajectory for Ripley. Newt's dead. Everyone you loved at the, at the end of Aliens, they're, they're all gone. That was all for nothing. 
so casually killed off. It's a, it's a bold way to start the film, I'll say that. In the opening credits. It could be the case, because this film had such a fraught history getting made, and the number of different writers that were brought on to work on this. Like, at one point, Eric Red was writing this, and it, there were so many, so many different writers. Jason found a, um... Jason found this, like, old... Well, it was, you know, it was 1992. It was like right before this movie came out. It was like a a screen insider, some kind of some kind of nerd magazine devoted to genre films. I can't remember what the, the title of the magazine was, but it was this article all about, you know, you know, when you get all those bloated think pieces <laughs> like building up to the release of a hot genre property in a magazine like this was this was like a whole section of of articles just about alien three because that was going to come out that summer and all of them were talking about like the production hell all the different writers the different directors that were attached fincher fincher going in the project fincher coming off the project producers taking over all of it and it was funny because the movie hadn't come out yet but everyone in the article was like ready for it to suck and reading it they're all like well we're gonna see what a mess this is when it comes out hook 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 <laughs> so it's it's I still think the product, though, is fairly strong. It's just, um, I don't know, it made me kind of, seeing all of that after the fact made me kind of look at when I've been part of that (laughs) in, like, a movie release. And, like, why do we want something to fail before it even happens? And it was, it's just interesting to me that, like, Alien 3 never really had a chance, I feel. It had really big shoes to fill. And everybody likes to poo-poo everything anyway. I mean, I've sat in the theater and watched a trailer and it's just like, you know, of whatever, like two minutes of just crazy stuff, explosions. And then when it ends, I just go, nah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's like hundreds of millions of dollars, hundreds of people working on it, their life's work, all of this, just nah, not interested. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, from my fucking Statler and Waldorf balcony, you know. <laughs> but I don't think, I mean, it doesn't feel like a movie that has a very chaotic background. I'll say that for it. Unlike other things that, like Zombie 3 that we talked about earlier in the week. it does. It, with this, it doesn't actually translate very much, so. Like, yeah, and I think those other instances where that happens, you get plot lines that just fall apart somewhere or drop off completely you get uh, just disparate threads you get broken scenes you get strange character motivations and all of this is pretty tight despite being you know half an hour or 45 minutes longer than it needs to be uh i think the only thing that really comes off kind of busted about this movie are the special effects the er- the early cgi that we get of the xenomorph which I was like, this could fully be Briefcase Woman. Copy and paste it onto the screen. When it's, when it's like right before the iconic shot of the face of the xenomorph right in Ripley's face, when it's coming up to her, it's just like, <laughs> what is this flash animation? <laughs> yeah. It's kind of amazing, though, that in 1992, they were doing that much computer stuff. Like, like the you know, basically one of the main stars of the movie is computer. Oh, yeah. So, but it just makes me appreciate it all the more when it is actually 
either a dude in a suit or you know it's something real in the scene with somebody oh yeah well and i mean the first movie it was it was just one guy in a suit it was so well done you also don't it was more in the shadows hiding and stuff so you don't see all the alien really at any point but this you see little dog alien bouncing up and down But in the scenes where it is somebody in this movie, I just mean I appreciate it more because yes. the, co- the computer is so obviously computer. Yes. The sets are great. At least that's not all computer. Or if that is computer, it's well done. Or they might have done the thing that still blows my mind, which is like, how do matte paintings exist and work? I know. I always am confused. Like anytime I watch a documentary on an older film and then I see that my favorite shot was just matte paintings. I'm like, yeah. What? <laughs> I do, like, at the very beginning of the movie, when you're getting kind of the update of what's going on or whatever, I just, I love, and unfortunately, it makes sense that we don't get it in this movie, but just the taste of it is enough to make me wish that we did. Was It's like, I love the the chunky white plastic computer aesthetics of, like, especially Alien, where the computers are like, like they're making all kinds of weird noises and everything is really thick and there's lights. And, like, I just, I really love, you know, Mother and, like, just all of the aesthetics of the first movie. Oh, yeah. Which is really opposed to this brown nightmare. (laughs) 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 yeah it's an ugly movie yeah well it should be it's a but yeah it makes sense it's a prison planet run by dudes so they're not like trying to beautify the place they're just doing their weird prison religion but i do love i love that 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 aesthetic of the first one i mean it's the one of the main reasons i've tried to i've ever even thought about playing alien isolation ever again is to get immersed in that even though it's so scary so i can't play it right so what's it about the movie the movie the alien three oh the alien cube so ripley as we said ripley dies no no (laughs) it starts with ripley dying and then everyone says why is why is there a movie everyone dies after aliens ripley is alive she survives, of course. She ends up on the planet Fiorina Fury or Fury One Six One, which is a classy prison unit run entirely by um, the male inmates who were given the option to leave, but they said, "No, nah, I'm good." So they have stayed on this planet, and now they just are a self-maintaining prison planet. Um, Ripley ends up. Uh, being introduced into this society and she wants to know what happened to newt and to hicks and so they 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 just know that something went wrong there was some malfunction in the spacecraft and a fire uh around the same time this really really sweet dog named spike who is a perfect boy gets uh, uh face huggered and an alien explodes out of him and now we are greeted with the cgi the sometimes cgi sort of dog alien which paves the way for the the wacky alien action figure line where it was like here's the spider alien here's the snake the cool cobra alien (laughs) which is just like who unleashed a face hugger in the zoo this is bonkers uh alien starts picking everybody off ripley sort of 
actually for the first time in the series briefly enjoys a sexual relationship with uh clemens with charles dance who is the sort of nice doctor scientist that's there and sort of ripley's key go-to the person that she becomes the closest with in the span of this journey um until he dies until the alien basically kills everyone at what and then it's pretty simple from there everyone forms a plan they band together they're going to melt this alien under molten lava blow him up until it all goes wrong the alien accidentally or kills someone blows everything up and then everything falls apart and it's just a chase scene chase scene chase scene as they try to rube goldberg this alien to its demise but ripley has the alien insider turns out that's why the alien won't kill her Wayland Utani shows up at the end. Lance Henriksen comes back and he's like, hey. And she's like, you're Bishop. And he's like, no, I made Bishop. And then everyone else in the canon is like, but are you Wayland? Because then you played him in Alien vs. Predator. This is very confusing. Uh, Ripley sacrifices herself. She jumps in. She says, the company's never going to get me or the alien. She throws herself into the molten metal furnace. And then perhaps an unnecessary shot occurs <laughs> where an alien explodes out of Ripley. But it's cool because Ripley's like holds the alien back and is like, no, no, baby, we're going together. And then she dies and it's all over. And then there's sunlight for the first time. I thought it was amazing in the little whatever clip art Sigourney Weaver that falls into the molten metal. <laughs> the fact that her, her feet are held together. Like it is a... 10 score dive into that fucking smelter like it's just her feet are perfectly together she holds the form all the way down it is like olympic level perfection when in reality it would be like <laughs> yeah she would just be a mess you know <laughs> limbs flying everywhere you're spinning in like a once you get a spin started you can't stop it uh full g- lady gyrosphere and then an alien explodes out of you which also like she handles like a pro oh perfectly calm because everybody else in these movies is blah, blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> like, every yeah. time yeah but that's ripley for you do you find it honoring of her exploitive extraneous to have the the queen alien pop out of her at the end it feels a little like I mean, I guess they wanted to drive the point home kind of thing. It gives her one final cool moment where she holds on to it. Yeah. And won't let it escape. So I guess in the assembly cut, which, you know, we kind of asked ourselves yesterday if we want to watch the theatrical or the assembly. And we went with the theatrical because it is much shorter um, on an already long movie. But I believe in the assembly cut, she doesn't, nothing pops out of her. She just throws herself in. Or that was certainly the original, like, intended ending. But the studio, you know, they're like, we need to see the alien pop out or else how will people know what the movie's about? So it could have been a nice moment of grace for her um, to just throw herself in. But but yeah, I think the exploding out and the certainly the holding it in is what makes it, like, Ripley-fied. Yeah, only because she holds it in. If she had... Even if the alien had still fallen with her, but if it busted out and she was like, oh my god, and like scared, and like that would have been really shitty. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Well, because she's, there's also, this is when we get Saint Ripley, right? Like, she Joan of Arcs herself. 
in more ways ways than one she gets the haircut uh so there's that martyr self-sacrifice element that comes through i do love um i don't know i love the haircut (laughs) great like just watching this and then seeing that on screen again it just reminded me of that era of gi jane and of well britney was was quite a while after that but that that early 90s like shaved head queen era that i miss and i love that that was like that was all it took to challenge gender back then (laughs) that was androgyny it's like well i shaved my head people still make a big deal out of it florence Pugh just shaved her head she did Mm-hmm. Oh, I don't I know if it was like for a role and she kept it or if she just did it or whatever but it's still a big deal I had no idea but it makes perfect sense for the character and she looks great so she looks great well it's I think it's interesting too that like the so I think this movie says something interesting about prison industrial complex obviously like the first alien what I like about it that the the second one kind of threw, well, you still get it with like grunts and sort of like Vietnam, that kind of idea. But the first one was really also working class horror, which is something that we've talked about and champion on the show. Like alien is kind of my bloody Valentine in space to an extent. <laughs> like you get just, they're space truckers. They're just normal people stuck doing a shitty job for shitty rich people. And they're expendable. And then in this, in this film, it kind of sort of explores that a little further, but by tossing in like capitalism, well, and capitalism was already functioning in there, but tossing in the prison industrial complex and what it means to be a prisoner and to have your identity completely stripped of you. And, and I guess I'm trying to see if there's what they're doing with the, with, by having Ripley there and by giving her that haircut and putting her in this environment, it feels to me I don't think because she still gets to enjoy sex. She has sex with um, Clemens or it's implied. I don't think she's like become sort of an agent or character at this point, but I think there is something about that haircut and that idea of her having some element of like personhood stripped away from her that comes through in that. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a feminist idea for it to be like, everybody's equal you know she i don't know becomes just one of them yeah but that, i think that's the thing is they're all sort of non-people right because as prisoners like they've been stripped of personhood so she kind of becomes a non-person and i think it's like well she's a mother but her kid is dead and now like the her biological imperative according to aliens was to be a mother and now that's been stripped of her and so now she's sort of just this woman existing without a purpose, according to the rules of the last film. But now she actually gets to have sex. and But now she's also pregnant with a, a, a mutant, more or less, like this abomination. So, I, I just, yeah, I don't know what exactly is in there, but I find it, I find it interesting. And um, I think there's something rich functioning in there. And then when you get Waylon Yutani show up, it's like, oh, well, everybody's literally just a product to to keep these rich people going. There's no... It's very hopeless. <laughs> We're just toys of the rich. Yeah, I mean, you know, big business sucks has been a message through all the films. <laughs> like, you know, you have Paul Reiser, the sleazy company man in the second one, and, you know... 
the dudes fighting for their paycheck in the first one and it's it's very much the the corporation doesn't give a shit about you you're all just working stiffs yeah the egalitarianism that comes through in the movie is interesting and the i keep saying interesting but is appealing to me but i also think it's i really there's this line because there's also the specter of rape in this movie it like i think that has to be talked about right where they're gonna these guys are gonna go and rape ripley and then it gets stopped and then she gets to punch the dude and then half of the, they all die anyway but um even before that there's something kind of a line that's almost throwaway but isn't when they introduce ripley to the colony and one of the prisoners goes well i've taken a vow of celibacy that includes women <laughs> And it's just, it's funny to me that, like, this movie also has, like, a queer element to it, too, where they've introduced, well, yeah, this is a prison colony full of only men. And so now you have that background. So Ripley can actually just be one of these. But then for certain inmates, she's not. And yeah, weird. It's, you know, as as a woman, or anybody who, I guess can sympathize or empathize or whatever it's like the moment you see that it's a double x chromosome prison planet immediately the specter of rape enters your mind and it is a forefront worry for the entire time because you know especially when you see that hicks and newt are dead you know ripley is going to be alone and so I mean, that's just, that's just the way it is. (laughs) It's, you know, it's when you're a woman and you leave the, your office or the house or something and it's dark out and you have to walk home. Like women, a lot of people, uh, you know, just live with the specter of rape all the time. Yeah. And other people doesn't even have to cross their minds, but I think, I guess it also sort of upends expectations that we get that element that like, oh, some of these inmates are gay. Some of them don't give a shit about Ripley, but there are some creeps still. So I don't know. It's it, I feel like it could they could have made, gone it um, more in an awful direction, and I'm grateful that they chose not to. Oh sure, but. I mean it's you know it's it's the they tell that, but it, but that's a through line that continues through the entire movie, and I love that like Charles S. Dutton's character doesn't turn into some fuzzy wuzzy teddy bear at the end, who's her new best friend. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, he's he, great. He tells her at the jump, like like they all tell her at the jump, we are rapists, we are murderers, we are the worst of the worst. You know, and Ripley keeps pushing boundaries from the whole time she's there. She doesn't stay in the infirmary. She doesn't uh, get intimidated when she goes into the lunchroom. She just sits down with them and is like, oh, do I make you nervous? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I like that they that they manage. I like I do like that the threat is kind of always there and they don't it doesn't get all buddy buddy because it wouldn't this all takes place also in a very short time span yeah oh yeah so i appreciate that it's not hollywood like well we need they need to be friends (laughs) like they wouldn't be friends under any circumstances they all use each other to achieve their goals yeah you know this man like charles s dutton's character who has you know still talks about his violent past and it seems to kind of always be bubbling under the surface but he seems to have tried to do something with his life to give himself some kind of peace while he's you know trapped on a prison planet and ripley wants to use him as a murderer Mm -hmm. you know like she wants to use him as a suicide machine basically 
and he and he in turn won't do it until they get out of this bind like they all just use each other to survive which is you know kind of what prison probably is like well and then that's like them electing not to leave <laughs> fury next one when they could have that they all choose to stay i mean like that's feels like a pretty obvious statement about like just the cycle of the prison industrial complex and that system that like people it's not designed for uh, the word rehabilitation gets thrown around but it's not designed for rehabilitation it's designed to self-replicate and to keep people going in yeah they're they I mean they you know you serve your sentence and then they hand you 40 bucks and a bus ticket and they're like good luck bye don't fall in with those bad people that are all your friends yeah don't turn to the only thing that you know how to do because we have spent the last 10 years dehumanizing you so and who knows what these guys were going to like they were just transferring them to another place right and the vast majority of them left it's just a skeleton crew left behind to run the place and they probably feel like they have more of a semblance of freedom not being in a new prison system like here they have religion they're kind of they're a church group basically Mm -hmm. so it makes sense why they stay i would think yeah well because to leave they also they're autonomous they're self-driven uh self-determining versus to leave the prison planet means like you're just you're just so what you get a job for the company you're 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 sent off to lv426 to find some eggs and here it's like well just keep the place running that's not so tough yeah and then i don't even their rituals like when when they when they uh bury somebody which their version of doing that is it's kind of like at sea, burial at sea, but, but you toss them into the furnace <laughs> below. And I thought it was interesting, like, they're, we commit these bodies into the void as they take Newt and Hicks, and they, like, dramatically throw them in to immolate them. And it's like, oh, we commit these bodies into the void, but the void, like, what they're, where they're sending them off to is the fires of industry <laughs> and enslavement. Like, it's just a, a cycle that is inescapable. It's like, oh, Fincher was like, yeah, man, I want to say some stuff. It's not all music videos from now on. It's good. It's still a really good movie. Yeah? But you like the game more. I might like the game more. I just think it was just, it's just too long. Like, I think the, the length of it, really. Well, basically, like, the second they hatch the plan to kill the alien, that's the halfway point of the movie. And the whole other half is, like, actually trying to just do the plan. Like, there's not a lot of aliens, but it's pretty action-packed, because they don't have any weapons, so there's no way to really fight. Because Sigourney Weaver said, if I'm going to do it, there's going to be no guns. Which is interesting coming off of aliens. Right. (laughs) But also, I'm like, good job, Sigourney Weaver, for reading the consciousness decades before we got onto that idea. Are there guns in four? Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't make any sense. Okay. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, four is like the most silly guns. There's guns exploding out of like people's heads. I think for four, she turned on her Jamie Lee Curtis and she was like, money sounds great. Right. (laughs) Yeah. But listen, she's killer in all of them and she's so good in this. Oh, yeah. I mean, she's Sigourney Weaver. She's one of our greatest living actresses. I love Ellen Ripley. I love Ellen Ripley so much. There's also that part of the movie where she has like the blood eye. Yeah, it's cool. Well, I think we did it. Mm. We did undo the did. I think we did a three-inning. Right, it's over. I think we did the re-re-three-inning. Well, hold your, hold your horses. 
shit's not over yet. Right, right, right. I mean, the the movie watching talking is over. <laughs> That's what this is called. Podcast. But it's the last episode, so, you know, the clock is still ticking for the fundraiser, but... But our part is done. We leave it in your hands now, listeners. We, this is this all. This is our baby bird that we have nestled and nurtured, and and got a little blanket to keep the bird warm and kept it in a box. And now we are handing that bird to you, and we're saying, please let this baby fly. Or, I or thought something. they were the birds, and we were just kicking them out of the nest. Now, oh yeah, now we're, we're, just, we're we raised birds, and we're giving them to the listeners. <laughs> we stole birds from a nest. We raised <laughs> the listeners are the baby birds that we stole from the nest, and then raised them, uh, and now we're giving them back. Oh, reintroducing okay. them to community. <laughs> okay, well, it's been a week, people. It's okay? been a week. It's been a week. Here's what I know. Since we started recording this, we've already raised an additional $100. We're at $10,580. Oh, wow. We are now well on our way to $11,000. Our goal, as of Saturday afternoon recording this, we are at 11333 Final goal. I think we can make it. I think we can make it by tonight, by Sunday night at midnight Pacific time. Uh, which is when the fundraising, like the allow donations button gets unchecked. And don't worry, you can still continue to donate money directly to Transgender Law Center through tra- transgenderlawcenter.org. Um, but for our part, for the re-re-3-ing, it all ends at midnight. So let's see where we can go. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it. This is just absolutely nuts. Once again... This is beating every, every three-inning goal we have ever made and achieved. And um, you all are just the best. Above and beyond, like, way more than I could have anticipated with this. You guys really are truly so generous. Thank you for all of the comments everywhere that you leave or messages that you sent us. Thank you for spreading the word. We see lots of tweets and retweets and all of this. Um... We just can't thank you enough. Oh, this yeah. is really incredible. All all the shares, the the like Mike talking about this on the episode I just did of Evolution of Horror, like that's so kind. Uh there's people leaving words of support on the fundraiser page itself. I we didn't even know that that had that until we scrolled. <laughs> and and then we saw that you all are leaving really nice messages about like some of them are funny and some of them are like why you are donating. And it just it just all drives home again why we're doing this. And it's all to support the Transgender Law Center and all to stand up to the awful legislation and attacks that are happening across this country in far too many places. Um, and now, you know, 264 of you have put in $10,580 as our way of countering that. And this is just... Um, it's, it's truly astounding. So, yeah, as Stacy said, as I have said, as we've been saying all week, thank you. Thank you, thank you. And we will check back in with a wrap-up and everything when it's all over, when the dust settles. Oh, yeah. So, until then, GoFundMe.com slash F slash Gaylords. Heck yeah. It's out there. Yay. Bye. <gasps> 
haunted tome made out of skin. It's so loosely structured, yet informative. I know, right? Uh, is it over? It's glowing and spinning on its own, so I'm gonna guess yes. Ah, oh, oh my, my god. god! Oh, oh my god. god! Tune in next time for more Gaylords of Ha, ha, ha.